We got a new week of action hitting you right now. For those of you who don't understand what this is, you are locked and loaded onto the hottest show of the streets in discussing, debating, talking about current Alabama. Alabama football right now. The best in Alabama football news, notes, and information. I'm yours truly, Stephen Smith, live in studios, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And this right here is in my own words. We got a great week of material prepared, planned for you as I continue with my five-part series of things that I picked up from Southeastern Conference Media Days, which was on last week. I ended the most recent edition of shows talking about part one of the five-part series, which was Dabo Sweeney and those Clemson Tigers. They're good, they're elite, but they're not the king of college football just yet. They're not on that king stuff. They're not on that king plateau just yet. So so moving from that to part two of the conversation, there is a coach on Alabama's football staff under Nick Saban that is a superstar on the rise. There is a coach on the staff that has greatness in the making, but for some fans out there, they did really like the hire or the promotion of this particular coach to defensive coordinator. For some fans, they feel like, ah, this guy's too young. He ain't ready. This is Bama. This is the big time. This is the big deal. And, uh, you know, why couldn't we get a bigger name? Why couldn't we get a more attractive name? Why couldn't we get, you know, a more proven name? Why couldn't we make that splash move that just fits Bama? You know, Nick Saban's a guy that's got a bunch of names in his repertoire, in his arsenal, in his coaching tree. He's got a bunch of guys that know him. He's got a bunch of guys that think of him as being highly respected and represented. You know, why couldn't Nick Saban pull from that reservoir of names that he knows that he's so in tune with? Why we had to promote this guy? That's what's going through the minds of a lot of Alabama fans. But I'm going to break down to you right now why the coach that was promoted was not only a superstar hire, but this fits right in the Nick Saban's wheelhouse Nick Saban knows what he's got. This was a Nick Saban move. And uh, the coach that I'm referring to is none other than Pete Golding, who has been promoted to primary defensive play caller, defensive coordinator for the upcoming season. Now, a lot of people feel as though this is about to be Taj LePoy all over again. I'm going to get you to can that conversation right now. Kill it off right now. Here's why. Taj Lepoy, prior to Alabama, had zero, nada, zilch, no coaching, no experience coaching defenses, being a play caller, running defensive schemes as the head coordinator prior to Alabama. He did not. Now, before he came to Alabama, Lepoy was a defensive line coach, position coach at the University of California, Berkeley. And then he goes to the University of Washington, where he is a defensive line coach again, 
position coach. When he comes to Alabama, when he arrives at the Capstone on campus in 2014, he is a defensive recruiting intern. He's shuffling paperwork upstairs. He is doing a lot of the in-house recruiting, and he excelled at that to where Nick Saban promotes him to on-field coach with outside linebackers. Does a pretty good job with that to where in 2017, he is the co-defensive coordinator behind Jeremy Pruitt. This past year, he was the main play caller. And because of the fact that when you do not have any prior experience as a DC, as a coordinator running plays before you get to the biggest program in college football, under the most demanding, strenuous coach in college football, under the most demanding, perfectionist fan base in college football, Alabama, Nick Saban, the Alabama football fans, and you do not have any prior experience, you are wet behind the ears, good luck trying to tackle, trying to handle this beast, this monster. And uh, toss the point, you saw it this past season. Alabama's defense from start to finish, it was a drop-off from uh, the groups Nick Saban has had in previous years. There was a lack of production. There was a lack of leadership. There was a lack of focus. There was a lack of having that Bama factor. Why? Tosh point was not used to doing this. And uh, he was promoted to that spot based on his recruiting acumen. 2017, the guy was National Recruiter of the Year, had a big hand in getting the likes of Tua Tagovailoa, Najee Harris, Jerry Judy, Chris Allen, Dylan Moses, all the big-time playmakers in. So, LaPointe, great recruiter, strong recruiter, had the uh, wherewithal to get the guys in, but in terms of running a defense, wet behind the ears, and you can't afford to be wet behind the ears coming to the University of Alabama. Just can't have that happen. Which is why when you bring in Pete Golding here, the primary difference, Pete Golding as opposed to Tasha Poy had nine years of experience coaching, running, scheming, calling defenses before he got to the Crimson Tide. Though it was on smaller levels in Alabama, it's experienced nonetheless, and the grind has groomed him for this moment. From 2007 to 2009, Golding was at Tuscum College, defensive coordinator, defensive back coach. Then from 2010 to 2011, he two steps down over to his alma mater of Delta State out of Mississippi as the defensive coordinator and DB coach. Then from 2012 to 2013, he goes to Southeastern Louisiana as the defensive coordinator. From 2014 to 2015, he spends time at Southern Mississippi as a DB coach. And both years combined, the Golden Eagles, 20 interceptions in that secondary. And you've got it. And you had a guy and uh, Carlin Reed uh, who had. Uh, 26 pass breakups combined within those two years, 2014 and 2015. But of course, 2016 and 2017, Golding was at University 
of Texas San Antonio, who enters its eighth year of existence as a program this upcoming season. It started in 2012, 2016, and 2017, especially that 2017 year, Pete Golding guiding that group defensively to allowing just 17 points per game. The man's got experience. Once again, on a smaller scale, on a smaller level, but the man's got experience. And uh, the one thing about Golding here, Oklahoma wanted him after the college football playoff semifinal match at the Orange Bowl. The Sooners wanted him. They end up settling for Alex Grinch, but they wanted, they went after, they lost it for Pete Golding. Nick Saban keeps Pete Golden around. Doesn't keep Taj Lepore around. Has him go ahead on and walk off to the Cleveland Browns. He keeps Pete Golden around. Why? Nick Saban sees something special in Pete. He sees the next superstar defensive coordinator on the rise. When you keep something around, you value that. When you keep something around, you see a lot of potential. He keeps Pete Golden around. See something very special in this young man. And, and he talked about it at SEC Media Days. When he when Golden was brought up to Nick Saban, you saw the eyes light up. You saw a very confident tone in his speech. Nick Saban knows what he's got in Pete Golden. Here's something crazy here, folks. Here's something crazy here. It's amazing how people are not putting this puzzle piece together as to why this fits squarely in the Nick Saban's wheelhouse and in the Nick Saban's bosom here. Check this out. Who are Nick Saban's mentors coming up in the, in the, in the coaching game? Well, of course, Nick Saban's mentors were Don James and Bill Belichick. Don James, who played quarterback, he was also a defensive back. Don James was at Kent State. From 1971 to 74, the program that Nick Saban played for in college as a defensive back. And after his playing days at Kent State were through, he started his graduate assistant, his coaching career as a grad assistant for the Golden Flashes. And then when you look at Bill Belichick, Belichick, who never played in the, who never played football himself, started his coaching career in the NFL as a defensive assistant for the Denver Broncos in 1978 before he starts becoming the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach for the New York Giants from 1980 to 1990. And then he goes from there to being the head coach of the Cleveland Browns from 1991 to 95. And he brings Nick Saban in as the defensive back coach during that time. And of course, Belichick, the defensive back coach for the New England Patriots in 96 before becoming the head coach and the the, uh, six-time Super Bowl champion that we know him as of today. But the mentors of Nick Saban, Don James and uh, Bill Belichick, defensive guys with defensive back play in their blood, and Nick Saban, defensive guy, primarily defensive back play in his blood. So now when you look at Nick Saban here, which is the extension of uh, Don James and Belichick, Nick Saban, as he starts his ordeal in Alabama, the two most successful coordinators he has had, Kirby Smart and Jeremy Pruitt, 
Both of those two guys were defensive backs. Kirby Smart, defensive back at the University of Georgia. Jeremy Pruitt, who played defensive back some in Alabama, 1995 and 96. Between the two, you've got five national championships. Kirby Smart with four as a coordinator. Jeremy Pruitt with one as a coordinator in 2017. When you bring in Pete Golding, guess where he played in college? His position in college at Delft State. My God, was a safety. Boom! Defensive back. 2000 to 2005 at Delta State was a safety. Fits right in the Nick Saban bosom. Fits right in the Nick Saban wheelhouse. Fits right in the Nick Saban perspective. Defensive back. Having that knowledge from the back end to control, to line up the guys in the front, the defensive linemen, to line up the guys in the second level, the linebackers. You are you are patrolling the whole group from the back end. Saban's mentors did it. Saban did it. Pruitt, Kirby Smart did it. And now you bring in the next superstar in Pete Golding that did it. Fits right in to Nick Saban's wheelhouse. And uh, the reason why Nick Saban sees Pete Golding as the next biggest star on the rise, he has coveted Pete Golding with all of this wisdom, with the tenure he has brought on this coaching staff. Sal Sanceri coming in, outside linebackers coach, about to enter his 33rd year of coaching. Brian Baker, whom you pull over from Mississippi State, he's also got 19 years in the National Football League. He's about to enter his 34th season coaching. Then you look at Charles Kelly. You pull him in off of Jeremy Pruitt's staff at Tennessee, a native of Ozark, Alabama. He's about to enter his 29th season coaching. Nick Saban is cultivating Pete Golding. Why? He sees a superstar. He sees greatness in the making. So he is coveting him with all of his wisdom, all of his tenure, all of his experience on the coaching staff to grow him. That's why he's doing it. Because he sees a superstar in Pete Golding. Last but not least as to why this move works for Alabama, I got some time, a lot of time, spent a lot of time with Dylan Moses, Alabama inside linebacker at SEC Media Days. Really proud of Dylan. Uh, Spoke well. Really represented the University of Alabama well. Signed every piece of paper he could in autograph form for fans, whether it was papers, helmets, footballs. Took pictures with everybody. Naturally an introvert, but very proud of him being able to step out and uh, and kind of, you know, embrace this role of him being the leader and him being the captain and whatnot. But in my speaking with Moses, I brought up Pete Golding. Dylan Moses said... Coach Golding, perfectionist. Coach Golding, nitpicker. Huh. What do those qualities remind you of? Nick Saban, perfectionist. Nick Saban, nitpicker. Nick Saban was so hard on guys like Eddie Jackson. Eddie, get it right. He was so hard on guys like Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka, Minka, get it right. 
because he saw greatness in both guys. He nitpicked at them. He wanted perfection out of them. He threw a straw hat at them because he knew these guys are not your average cats. These guys have big potential. Gotta stay on them. Why do you think he's about to stay on Patrick Sertan the second? He sees big potential in Sertan. Nitpicker. Perfectionist. Dylan Moses says these same types of qualities are in Pete Golding. Nitpicker. Perfectionist. Gets on to me. Wants me to do it right. And when I don't do it right, he is pointed out to me. And he wants me to straighten it up and immediately fix it. And it makes me a better player. And I am confident that he's going to be able to run our defense. Dylan Moses, very high on Pete Golding. Both guys speak the same language because both guys hail from the same state. These are both Louisiana guys. Dylan Moses from Baton Rouge, Pete Golding from Hammond, Louisiana, 45 minutes apart. When you got the captain of your defense, an inside linebacker, and your defensive play caller, an inside linebacker's coach on the same page, folks, get ready. Pete Golding and Dylan Moses are on the same page. They are speaking the same language. This is a superstar on the rise. He's being coveted. He's he's being cultivated by having all of these tenured coaches put around him because they know they got something big in Golding, and they want to make sure they're getting him groomed. They're getting him ready. They're getting him prepared. He's got experience already coming in. This is about to be big for Alabama football. Pete Golding, star on the rise, folks. Watch it. It's about to happen. Takes us to our second break here. Ladies and gentlemen, don't touch that dial. Still getting the, getting your chest warm here with information. When we get back, topic number three. I've been high on Mac Jones all offseason. It's been for a reason. Got a chance to ask Nick Saban the first question at Media Days about him. On the other side of the break, we discuss Mac Jones and why even with Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma, Crimson Tide at backup quarterback behind two of Tonga Valoa, still in great hands. Don't touch that down, folks. It's in my own words. <laughs> 